Hey friends, have you ever felt like God has given you a dream or vision for your life? When you first catch this vision, you imagine the impact you'll have on the world around you. You daydream about all the people that you're going to be able to help. You want to be a difference maker and to leave a legacy. You feel like you found your sweet spot and you just know that you were created for this. But then it gets hard, really, really hard. You begin to question everything. You second guess yourself and you start to doubt your ability to even hear God. All hell breaks loose and you don't even know which way is up. Have you ever experienced this? I know I have. Friends, this is all part of the process. Don't give up. So many people give up because there is a delay between the time that you're given the dream and the open door. That space of time is called a refining process. Just think about King David. There were many, many years. I think it was something like 15 to 20 years from the time he was anointed until he became king. God is in the process. It's all part of his plan to refine us and the dream. Today, I will be talking about the three steps we must all go through in seeing a dream come to fruition. I've seen this process played out in my own life and in some of those we read about in scripture. If you are a note taker like I am, this is where you'll want to pause the podcast and go get a pen and a piece of paper so you can take notes. I believe that over the course of our lives, God will give us many dreams. You'll want to study this out for yourselves and refer back to it again and again. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you're listening to Kairos Moments Podcast, episode number 10. There are many examples of this process in scripture, and I'll mention some of them. But for right now, I'm going to use Joseph as an example. The first stage of your God-given dream becoming a reality is just that, receiving a dream or a vision. How many of us know that it is very unlikely that you will receive a dream and the next day start walking it out? Usually, it's just a seed God plants in your heart for something He wants to do in and through you for your good and for His glory. This stage in the process is the exciting part. The possibilities are endless. Faith is really strong in this stage. You see how it's all going to play out. You are enthusiastically moving forward with that dream. Perhaps you are even starting to make an impact. In Genesis 37, we read about two dreams God gave Joseph. Joseph explained the first dream to his brothers in verses 6 and 7. It says, He said to them, his brothers, listen to the dream I had. We were tying up bundles of grain out in the field. Suddenly, my bundle stood up straight and your bundles gathered around my bundle and bowed down to it. If I was Joseph's brother, I don't know if I'd like that dream either, but that was the dream God gave him. Joseph told his brothers about a second dream in verse 9, and it says, Then Joseph had another dream. He told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. This time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. His brothers hated him for telling them about that dream. So what is your dream? Have you received a dream for your life? Is it to start a business? Is it to start a nonprofit helping unwed mothers? Or is it to start a ministry? Whatever it is, God's given you a dream, but it's in seed form and it has to go through a process. The next stage, stage number two, is the death of that dream. This is a painful but necessary part of the process. Jesus said in John 12, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. 
but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus was speaking about his upcoming death. The natural world was showing a supernatural truth. His death was going to allow us to bear much fruit in our lives. When we die to the dream that God gives us, if we allow that dream to die, he resurrects it according to his plan. It is so easy to want to give up during this stage, especially if we don't keep that dream alive and in front of us. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's imperative that we keep that dream alive in our hearts, even during those hidden seasons. It's in this stage that we are the most tempted to give up. We begin to question everything. We doubt that we are even capable of hearing God. We wonder, if the dream was from God, then why am I in this mess? Or if the dream was from God, then why is it so hard? As we stay true to God and hold on to that dream loosely, God's favor will follow us even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. Maybe you've heard this quote before. It says, do not doubt in the dark what God has spoken to you in the light. Just because things are going sideways and you are not seeing where or how your dream will come to pass, don't doubt what God said. Joseph was in this second stage of seeing his dream come to pass. During that time, he was thrown into a pit and left to die by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused of seducing Potiphar's wife and subsequently put in prison. Joseph had to relinquish the dream in order to gain it back. God takes what we surrender and purifies it by testing us. I want to encourage you that if this is where you are with your dream, don't fight it and don't try to squirm out of it. God has you there for a reason. We have to stay in this stage for as long as God wants us to. It's never just because or because he likes to play around with us. There is purpose in everything God says and does. James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. More than anything in this time of testing, we need perseverance. Perseverance is the persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. How many of you need more perseverance? I know I do. I imagine Joseph was questioning the dreams at this point. What the heck, God, you gave me these dreams and now I'm in prison? He was being tested. God was removing anything and everything that was not of him from that dream. He was preparing Joseph for the ultimate fulfillment of that dream. When you persevere during that time of testing, scripture tells us that we will be made mature and complete, not lacking anything. God is not the God of lack. Christine Kane says, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but you've actually been planted. In spite of all Joseph endured, it says that the Lord's favor was upon him everywhere he went, even in prison. And that brings us to the third stage of when the dream is fulfilled. While Joseph was in prison, he was skilled at interpreting dreams. And because he interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the chief baker, the Pharaoh called upon Joseph to interpret his dreams when he had troubling dreams of his own. Joseph told him that Egypt would experience seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. Joseph encouraged Pharaoh to appoint an overseer over the grain 
to prepare for the famine. And because Joseph was skilled at interpreting the dreams, Pharaoh placed him as the overseer. Do you see God's favor there? And this brings us full circle to the original dreams Joseph had of his brother's bundles of wheat bowing down to his. Joseph was actually able to save his family from the famine. His brothers went to Egypt in need of some food. They didn't recognize their brother, but they humbly bowed down, requesting assistance with food. Such an interesting twist of events. What Joseph's brothers intended for harm, God intended for good. It was all part of his plan. It's all part of what a dream goes through before it becomes a reality. We can see this dream cycle play out in lots of other biblical examples as well. Let's look at Abraham. Abraham received a promise of being the father of many nations. But Abraham and Sarah were old and barren. But once Isaac was born, God was testing Abraham by asking him to sacrifice Isaac. As far as Abraham was concerned, Isaac was as good as dead. But God had other plans. God tested Abraham, and he proved faithful. He was just about to go through with it when God provided another sacrifice. And as we all know, God made good on his promise. Abraham later became the father of many nations. His promise to Abraham was fulfilled. I had my own dream cycle. I've had many of them, but the one I'm going to share today was early on. I graduated from Bible college in Dallas, Texas, ready to conquer the world. I had big ideas and even bigger plans to accomplish them. God had confirmed my teaching gift, and I fell in love with the Word of God so deeply. So imagine my surprise when I graduated and returned home, and the only place who was interested in hiring me was a small Christian school as a secretary. That was not in my plans. That was not part of the dream. I had many conversations with God about this. I was so discouraged. I mean, God, I'm your woman. I've been to Bible college. I've been in your word. I've had dreams birthed in my heart, and I've had prophecies spoken over me. Why am I sitting here behind a desk? I felt like I was wasting my time and spinning my wheels. I I felt like God had forgotten me or overlooked me somehow. I started ministry while I was still in this holding pattern. Some of them succeeded and some of them didn't. Little did I know or realize that God had a plan all along. I had to die to my dreams again and again. But every single time I surrendered those dreams to him, he gave them back to me even better than before. I would not have met my husband if I was not working at that school. He was a teacher and I was the secretary. I would not have learned perseverance and what it meant to wait on God. It was while I was working there that I felt God calling me back to Dallas. So off I went. It didn't make any sense to me in my natural mind, but I knew God had a plan. I didn't know where I would live or where I would work. All my friends had graduated and moved on. But as I continued to obey each step along the way, I met a couple I would rent a room from, and we became friends. I also applied for an editorial job for the Christ for the Nations magazine. Even though they interviewed me out of courtesy because they had already hired someone, I knew that job was mine. That weekend, I prayed and prayed. Monday morning, they called me and asked if I was still interested in the job. I worked for the magazine for four years before getting pregnant with my twins and moving back home to be near family. I learned all the ins and outs of editing and magazine production at that time. I fell in love with the written word, and I even submitted and published my first article for a different magazine while I was there. This job was tailor-made for me. That job and all I learned helped me become the writer I am today. And now I not only write, but as you know, I'm a podcaster. My dream 
could have and probably should have died when I was at that school as a secretary, but something kept telling me to hold on. God was giving me the desires of my heart, and all I needed to do was obey. Havilah Cunnington says, obedience will open more doors than my gifts ever will. So with every new dream God gives us, we need to remind ourselves that it is a process. Why couldn't God just zap us and we start walking in our calling and we see the fruit of that calling? In Beth Moore's new book, Chasing Vines, she asked, why would God go to the trouble to plant a garden that is forced to sprout rather than commanding it into existence? She came to understand that God delights in watching things grow. He is a lot more interested in that process than the final destination. The process is a sanctification. Has God given you a bigger-than-life dream or a vision for your life? Do you know your calling? What stage are you in with your dream? Is it still in seed form? Or are you in a time of testing and it seems like that dream is dying? Or have you seen the fulfillment of that dream and you're waiting for the next one? Remember Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, that we should walk in them. They have already been prepared, friends. Just take one step at a time, knowing God has it all planned out. I would love for you to join me over on my website and tell me what stage you are in with your dream. What struggles do you have with it? Go to stuffofheaven.com and let me know. I will also include links in the show notes. Isaiah 66, 9 says, Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? He doesn't give you a dream just to toy with you. He may tweak it. He may alter it a little bit, but trust him in the process. He has a dream for your life. What he started, he will complete. Philippians 1, 6 says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So when you go through a dream cycle, there's three stages that you have to remember your dream goes through. The first one like we talked about, is the dream is birthed in your heart. It's something God put there. The second stage is usually the dying to that dream. We have to be willing to let go of it because we don't want to make an idol out of it. We want God more than we want our dream. And then the last stage of the dream cycle is God brings that dream into reality. So friends, I hope this encouraged you. I want to hear what dreams God's put in your heart. I have been a part of an online community recently, and I have been amazed and just blown away how God has put different ideas and different dreams in people's hearts. And as they surrender to those things, God blows them out of the water with how he provides for them, how he directs them. And the dream is usually, it ends up bigger than what they had before. So let me know what dreams are in your heart. I've taken the strength finders test and one of my strengths is individualization. And what that means is I like seeing how uniquely and how differently God made each of us and how we are all called to express who he is to this world in our own unique way. And he does that through the dreams that he gives us. So I look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. 